I'm Dina. I'm Meg. I'm Drea. And I'm Jess. And this is Part of My Stash. Welcome to Part of My Stash, a podcast about knitting within the fiber arts and how awesome it is. Yeah! Drea's hosting with me tonight. (laughs) We're very excited. (laughs) You sounded excited. I also felt the excitement. I had to... I, I had to show how excited I was. That's fair. And excited. how many cups of coffee did I? <laughs> three. 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 <laughs> Down from five. Down from five. Down from five. We're very proud. <laughs> I also did not have a nap, so I'm just like. <laughs> okay. It's but, crazy. Tina's going to have a lot of fun editing. Yes, yeah, we are. <laughs> Before we get into today's topics, let's see what we are working on this week. Meg, I am still plugging away on the Celtic Myths fingering shawl, getting closer to the border. I am still working on a walk through Aspens, still working on the repeats of that, still loving it, and I'm starting to look for patterns for my my Rhinebeck sweater. I almost said my first sweater. I have knit a small sweater. Starting to look at stuff for my Rhinebeck sweater. So That's exciting. I am really Super excited about exciting. it. I got the it's yarn for pretty. it. I am starting to look for patterns i think what i is worthy think i got an idea what is worthy drea i am working on my rhinebeck sweater the adventurous cardigan by joji locatelli <laughs> i can read <laughs> <laughs> um still plugging away at all these cables um still having fun still loving it still reading these charts having a good time yes um, I, uh, am, have put away the Celtic Myths shawl because I am waiting to start on the border. And so I am working on my I Am Dragon 3 shawl and I am loving it because I, I've wanted to do this one for a while and I don't have a Rhinebeck sweater because I'm not making a sweater. <laughs> what are you making? <laughs> it's a shawl. She's making the shawl. That thing's going to be a statement piece. It's going to be awesome. Oh, the dragon shawl. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> I was not listening. Tina, <laughs> <laughs> what about you? <laughs> I am working on the Celtic myths fingering shawl as well, because I actually have to finish the body at some point. (laughs) I believe in you. I am so behind. (laughs) I was working on the pullover instead. I just, I just wanted to. It's really hard (laughs) when you really want to do something else. I really, oh, it's just, See, after I reached the border of the Celtic Myths fingering shawl, I actually had a, a hard time putting it down. I know that everybody else has a, a harder time just like getting there, but like, the I'm there and like I, I was ready to go. Yeah, I definitely have the opposite problem. Yeah. Opposite problem. I am I'm ready to just get to the border. Borderland. For today's topic, we'll be talking about knitting with family and pets how do we deal with our household or extended household and get our craft done we figured this is a timely topic now that we are all stuck in our house <laughs> with, our, with everyone that we live with <laughs> yeah um, Anybody have some thoughts? I don't know what y'all be talking about. My spouse is delightful about knitting. Oh well, you you are very fortunate. 
Your spouse My does spouse a knitting podcast with yeah, you. Just, I mean, details, details, details. How's it going? <laughs> no, I'm very lucky. That's me being awesome. You're also lucky too. You're welcome. I think I'm very fortunate that you know Frank is is pretty on board with the knitting. I mean, he himself does not knit, although he has expressed an interest. I don't know if that was just you know a, a passing fancy, but we haven't sat down to do it yet. But He's very encouraging for all the all the knitwear that I make, and he loves receiving knitwear. So a positive in his ca- in his uh, corner. Exactly, exactly. So if we're just sitting watching TV or something, I'm like ninety five percent of the time I'm knitting while we're while we're chilling. So good support. However, I also if I'm knitting, I have my cat Chester on my lap. He's very needy. He's very he's very clingy. <laughs> <laughs> needs much, to be in your face oh my God, much like francis is with jess yep. <laughs> and he isn't just like it wouldn't be so bad if he was just sitting on my lap but he's like climbing up my chest because he wants to be like thrown over my shoulder all up in your business yeah they do that yeah francis will be in my lap comfortably like you know, happy, I'm happy, and then he'll decide, I'm not getting enough attention, and he'll just sit on top of everything instead. Yeah, Chester doesn't sit on my knitting, but um, he is all up in my grill. For those of you who don't have cats, though, once a cat moves itself on top, you're not allowed to move it. Oh, it's true. You're, you're, you're not allowed. <laughs> Frank will hand me my water if I can't reach it, just so I don't disturb the cat. Mm-hmm. Well, that's very gracious of Frank, isn't it? <laughs> Such a good boyfriend. How much does your cat weigh, Drew? He's like 12, 13 pounds. How much does your cat weigh, Jess? I think last we checked, 11 pounds. So I have an 80-pound dog <laughs> that likes to sit on my chest if yep. he could. Yep. To be fair, he is a delight. Oh, he no. is a delight. He he's is, such a good boy. He is a beautiful little boy. Little? Uh, yeah, he's not little at all. <laughs> he our <is>, small dog. <laughs> he's not little at all. Uh, we will obviously put pictures of all the pets yes. on the blog uh, so you can get a visual. But uh, Barlow, my dog, thinks he's a lap dog. Nope, he is not. He <laughs> is a large, pity boxer mix if you are familiar with those breeds you know they are not small dogs <laughs> no <laughs> but they are love bugs so he is a total absolute love bug wouldn't hurt to fly even though he pretends to bark at things and thinks he's aggressive and he's not you know sometimes when tina doesn't have room or if she's like really into a project while she's knitting barlow will come and sit on me <laughs> on one end of the sofa and stare at Tina. Yes, he will. <laughs> like, are how you aggressive. Jealous? He does. He'll tilt his head all the way back and look at me and just be like, are you jealous? <laughs> <laughs> look at me now, mom. <laughs> I found someone new. <laughs> how do you feel? How do you feel? <laughs> I love that dog. <laughs> He's such a good dog. Yeah, so Patrick is really supportive with my knitting um except for when your knitting is in the living room (laughs) it should be in the craft room (laughs) (laughs) he 
yeah, he thinks he does believe that um, I have an entire room dedicated to knitting, and therefore the knitting should stay in the room that it's dedicated to. We've been knitting um, in there more often. We have been, yeah. but it's you a know, good room. sometimes when it's football time, when it's football time, we all venture yeah. out with our knitting and in front of the big TV, and it's outside of the craft room. It's just it happens. Wants to be where the people are. <laughs> well, also when we have the kids loose on Saturdays. Yeah, absolutely. We can't bring them into your office. No, that's a bad idea. No, Ooh. no, because it's it's a craft room slash office. I also work from home, so it's that's where all the work gets done as well. So it's not necessarily kid friendly. So I know that um, you guys have kids. I do not have kids. I do knit around your kids, but. As a parent, like, how do you get your knitting done with your kids Absolutely. present? So my, my big my big thing lately has been choosing projects carefully. I don't knit anything that requires a chart <laughs> when Mariel is awake because it, it's, I love her to death. She will ignore me for 20 minutes and then at the least opportune moment jumps into my lap and it's hug, 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 hug. And you don't want to say no. So I don't. You, so you probably choose patterns that are easy, easily memorizable. Right. Or something I've done before, or <clears throat> if I'm working on something, a project that has a lot of stock in it, something like that. Or if it, it if it's a more complicated project, it's something that I've memorized at that point. So I can just put it down and I'll know exactly where I am when I pick it up. Um, it's all about deciding what projects are uh, possible with a two and a half year old running around. When she goes to bed, that's when the more complicated stuff comes out and I can break out the, you know, serious cables, the color work, the stuff that requires the good stuff, constant attention. And, and yeah, I just, I just don't, I don't with the child around, especially, especially no cables mm. because my God. <laughs> she only had to jump on me once with with the cable needle and things falling off and Oof. before i was like okay no more cables when the child is awake yeah, projects fair. that won't easily come off a needle yeah um crochet is actually pretty good too because even if you drop a couple stitches it's one stitch you can pick it back up again <laughs> um i don't know she, I, I don't I, I don't know she tends to be a bit more if i tell her to wait a second she, she'll listen a little bit better with me how nice for you i know i don't know i don't know if it's if it's she's actually doing it or if i'm just better at ignoring her for a second the longer. magic of being dad <laughs> I'll also do, uh, you know, designated like, okay, you've been playing around and you've been loud and I have a headache now. So here's your tablet. Sit on my lap and I'll knit with you sitting in my lap playing with your game, which I'll have to fix for like 18,000 times. So you still don't want anything super complicated, but you at least get a little bit of silence in there because (laughs) I love her. But oh my God, she doesn't stop talking ever. Well, so, to be fair, so, she's two and a half. I know, yeah. but there's the thing: if you're tr- you don't want something that you you're trying to focus on pattern wise because she doesn't care. <laughs> she'll <laughs> she'll be talking to you. So if you're trying to keep count of your stitches, Oof. that's that's not happening because she'll be sitting there telling you that she can count to thirty guys. <laughs> <laughs> there's some numbers in there that don't exist. I don't know. She's pretty good until she gets past twenty. But at that point, I'm like, I was on fifty something, but now I'm counting eighteen, and I'm really confused and so it's better save the complicated patterns for after the offspring are asleep I don't or know. Naps. Tina's kids naps. are older. Well, You're probably past that point. I'll say, are you past that? <laughs> yeah. So that stage is no longer in 
you know, that's in my purview. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> um, it's fun. It's fun. It's good times, especially with two. Um, and no, the, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I just didn't, I don't remember knitting very often when I had them, had them that young. When they were babies, I only really knit when I went to knit nights, like if I went out or if I specifically went to a group outing or something. Cause when they were babies, it was pre COVID. This was like when you could actually like be social mm. in a person. Yeah. <laughs> so my kids are four and seven. They are definitely past the two-year-old stage. They are very self-entertaining. Because of that, I can do a lot of complex stuff around them. At the same time, I need to semi-participate with them. Mm -hmm. So, for example, they really like to play Mario Party. Yes. And so... I know. (laughs) And so... Um, what we'll do is I will be a player in Mario Party, and uh, every time it's in between turns where it's not my turn, that's when I'm knitting. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I do hang out with your kids sometimes, and um, I will do a couple rows, and then I will stop for a coloring break. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty accurate. But they're they're not as I would say um, in comparison to where um, Mariel's at right now less destructive uh i don't have to worry about like them taking something and like running away with it and yeah. like they're not doing those kind of things anymore it's more like they're just like they just you know no, but i can do yeah they're being kids they you know they want attention and you know sometimes it's warranted and sometimes they need to get out of my room <laughs> <laughs> It's all, it's all about having patience. It, yeah. it really is. Yeah, and, yeah. and picking projects wisely. Yeah. One of the things that I say to Jess every time Mariel is, is being particularly challenging is I will say everything is a season. And you just, just elaborated on that right now, that you're past the season of your knitting actually being in danger. Right. <laughs> from your children. Right. Um, but you're in the stage of... Maybe you have to do less complicated stuff in the immediate moment because you might have to put it down right. to to play with them. And those seasons don't last. And no. eventually they're going to be too cool for us and they're not going to mm-hmm. want to play with us. Nope. So it, it's kind of on one hand as, as annoyed as we might get when they're crawling all over us or or pulling our knitting or telling us, as, as Mariel does, all done the yarn. All done the yarn. yarn. There's going to come a time when she's going to be like, get out of my face and (laughs) and not want me to to play with her or hug her and et cetera. It just kind of breaks my heart. Yeah, I just think about about Josephina and Katerina looking at um, my yarn wall and just going like, mom, it's too much yarn. Yeah, they do that now. (laughs) You can't buy any more yarn. Did you tell them that nobody needs that kind of negativity (laughs) and they need to stop? Well, I told them that I'm on kind of, I don't like to call it a yarn diet because I feel like diet's a, a dirty word, but like a yarn freeze. You're, you're doing your only, only what's what needed need challenge. challenge. Yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm just not, I, I am actually not buying any yarn right now. I'm, I don't need any yarn right now. Um, so I did tell them that and Josephina looked at me and she was like, really? <laughs> she was shocked. <laughs> but, what do you mean? What do you mean? 
Um, <laughs> the other cool thing too about their ages being a little bit older is that they are starting to get interested in mm, crafting. So that's fun. Katarina has a little bit less patience than Josefina does. So my oldest less patience than my youngest, which sounds like it's odd, <laughs> but my younger one actually will sit with a crochet hook and do a single chain and sit there and single chain for like an hour it's a good wow. start yeah mm. she will like she honestly will if you like as long as you start it for her like get the slip knot and like get yeah, it going first for her couple of chains are tough yeah, yeah as long as you get a couple of chains going for her like she will just sit there and just single chain until she, and then she'll come over and like look mommy i made a string like she gets all Aww, excited that's cute katarina um uh i you know she was she was into the knitting and i tried to get her into it and um she just kind of got flustered with it. So I felt and I felt like it wasn't about her not being able to do it. I felt like her motor skills were just not there yet. Like yeah. she just couldn't do that fine tuning Soon. quite yet. Yeah. Yeah. So I just I honestly told her I was like, let's just like pause on this. Let's yeah. do this in yeah. a couple years. Like when you're a little bit older and we'll just we'll do this later. Um, but I, I gave her gave her a crochet hook, too. And she can do single chain as well. But she doesn't sit as long as Josefina does. She has other um, interests. Yes. Yes. Katerina likes to sing and dance and yes. sing and dance. <laughs> and dress up. <laughs> and dress up yeah. and sing and dance. Did yes. I mention she likes to sing and dance? I have heard her <laughs> sing and I have definitely heard her feet dancing <laughs> <laughs> while I was downstairs. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> My extended family definitely are supportive, but it's a different kind of supportive because they, I don't think my, like, 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 for example, my mom was like, I'm going to be supportive. And like, she was like, I'm going to buy you yarn. (laughs) And then like, and then when she realized how much yarn I had, and she was like, I'm not buying you any more yarn. <laughs> but she's, you know, it's like more because we're not in our day to day. We're not in our everyday. So she's not seeing my stash. But now that my stash is all organized and on display, she's like, no, no, no. You don't need any more yarn. <laughs> I see it all in one place now. I see it all in one place. We're, we're past need, mom. No. We're past need. And we're at want. No yes. <laughs> we're definitely, we're definitely at want. <laughs> Yeah, I'm very, I'm, I would say I'm very fortunate. I like to make things for my family. They appreciate it. My dad is more, likes things that are more, not usable. I don't, usable is not the word. Functional. 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 Thank you. Um, practical. Practical. Yeah. yeah. Things like gloves and hats and yeah. things that he can use while he's woodworking and mm-hmm. doing man stuff. <laughs> Manly things. Manly things. And then I make like more finery for my grandmother who likes, you know, shawls and cowls and lacy things. And Um, how is knitting received while you are with your family? They don't like it when I knit during like meals. (laughs) Okay, that's fair. (laughs) I'm going to side with your family on that one. (laughs) But please. Defend your stance. I'm ready. <laughs> so like, so like, I will pull out my knitting. I will straight up pull out my knitting, and and I always do. I pull it out as soon as I get there <laughs> at my extended family's house, and then they just kind of look at me and they're like, "Really?" <laughs> but then, but they usually let it go. And then when it's meal time, like, okay, we're gonna sit and eat. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna bring my knitting. With me. My mom's like, put it down. 
every time I get, arrive to a family function, the first thing I do is sit down and I break out the knitting. And that's mostly because I need something more to do with myself than just conversation. It's mm-hmm. it's very hard for me to sit still and not have something else to do. Yeah. I think that that becomes almost like a basic knitter thing of we, we come to the craft and then we don't know what to do without it. Yeah. And you almost feel naked yeah. when you're not doing something with your hands. It's well, pretty you, you just think of all the things you could have knit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you're when you're at home, there. you're not idle. Yeah. yeah. So I also find that knitting is a good like conversation starter too. like, if you haven't seen somebody in a while, cause I don't see a lot of my family too often. So if I see, you know, some extended family and I'm knitting, it's always like a good starting point to start a conversation. Mm. Like I haven't seen one of my aunts for like 22 years and I've busted out the knitting and I'm like, this is a good starting point. <laughs> I knit, I make things, I do a podcast. My whole life is knitting right now. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you all about it. I mean, I think I think something, there is something to be said for... Um, you know, we, we laugh a lot about, you know, oh, my my boyfriend, my husband, my significant other in general is, is supportive. I feel like there's there's something to be said for there's absolutely no reason to tolerate someone not being supportive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there is something to be said for if you are in a relationship with somebody and you are paying bills together and you are foisting off your financial responsibilities to buy yarn and go to Fiberfest. Um, we're not endorsing that at all. But finances aside, your significant other should always be supportive of your hobbies, regardless of what they are. And, they don't need and, to be interested in right, them. But, right. But yeah. you you should always be able to to do, I sound really so boxy and I'm not meaning to. No, um, but it's, no, but it's a good you, point. You should. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think a, there's there's a lot of jokes in the fiber community of like, oh, I have to hide my, my stash from my boyfriend or husband. I hate those It's jokes. really not that funny. I don't like It's kind of red flaggy, actually. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, if you're hiding purchases from your husband, it's it like I, I might personally like like I have joked with you guys about like, oh, I want a raffle or something like that. Of course. But I don't actually like I tell Pat that I bought something. Yeah. <laughs> like, I yeah. don't not Well, it's one thing to joke with your friends. Yeah. Like, ah, but if you are, like, actually legit, like, no, I have to hide this. Yeah. That's, that's a problem. That's something that should be brought up and discussed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, we split our finances. We have the same bank account and everything. So mm-hmm. even if one of us tried to hide a purchase, it's not possible. But at the same time, it, that's a level of disrespect, I think, mm-hmm. um, on both counts. I mean, it's disrespectful of you to, ha- of your spouse to expect you to, to you have to defend purchases of your hobby. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be infantilized like that. But on the flip side, your spouse deserves the respect of you being upfront about your budget. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's it's a two-way street. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is is a really overdone trope in the fiber community is the the unsupportive husband that's mad that you spent too much money on your hobby. Well, mm. if you're if you're sacrificing your rent money so that you can buy hobby things, like that's a problem. You have bigger problems than your spouse being unsupportive. Yeah, <laughs> <at> that <point. laughs> yeah that, that's yeah. not even a question of support. That's like being uh, irresponsible. That's, that's bad. Yeah, but I feel like that's that's also an extreme that most people don't go to. No, that mm. most of us are just joking because okay, yeah, we we spent a little bit more on fiber than we meant to, but in reality, I feel like most of us don't have a set in stone budget. No. Anyway, for yarn. Well, I mean, 
I, I do believe it or not, I do, do have really? a budget. I really do. And it's a monthly budget. And right now I don't have one because mm-hmm. I'm I don't plan on buying any. But I used to have one and it was that's really it was part smart. of the budget. And it was part of I had it under a tier under the shopping budget. It was like there was like a shopping, like an extracurricular kind of like shopping mm-hmm. part. Something else that, that kind of grinds my gears about it is that it, it seems very sexist to me that mm. knitting is it, it's not a solely a female pursuit, but it is the knitting community is primarily made up of of women. Um, and you know, we don't get the tropes of like, oh, I bought more golf clubs, gotta hide them from the wife. Like, you don't see men doing that. And, and I find it really irritating that we have this trope of like, the little woman needs to hide her purchases from the big bad uh, breadwinner. Um, it's just so sexist. I'm sorry. It really is. And especially now in, in you know, the world is changing and, and women are the bread, the breadwinners and you have men who are homemakers and it is just, it's so, it's, it's so you're seeing a lot more open like men fiber workers too and yeah stuff as well, too so, which that, is kind of nice. yeah it's becoming more inclusionary and it, it is just it's that that infantilization of husbands and wives and and spouses in general is just it's weak but it is it's <laughs> just just be honest with each other like just be honest you know being transparent with your spouse or your significant other um about your finances um that's part of it it's like i wouldn't just like go and drop like two thousand dollars on yarn and just like okay pat (laughs) (laughs) good luck with the mortgage (laughs) (laughs) call it call it a day can you spot me this month (laughs) spot me the mortgage spot me the mortgage oh my god and the other thing too is 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 it's a two-way street like if that's something that you think is funny to to you know spend money and hide it from your spouse like put the shoe on the other foot and think about how you would feel if they did that to you mm. yeah if yeah. they went out and dropped you know uh, several hundreds of dollars on their hobby and and were just like i'm just not gonna tell you <laughs> on yeah light bulbs and tools that's what, my- <laughs> what? That's what Pat would get. Sorry, honey, I got lost in the lighting section of Home Depot. I've got I two chandeliers. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what electricians buy. Overhead lighting. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I have no clue. Okay, but if we're talking about our spouse dropping money on weird, I have a monopoly on that. I'm sorry. <laughs> She's always above board, but she'll be like, uh, except for when you're like, oh, they have mystery boxes for $2. And I'm like, crap, we're coming home with five of them. I and, tell you and that I'm getting them. Garbage. It's a mystery to both of us. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm getting. I really hate those. I love those. Thanks for tuning in to our podcast this week. Feel free to join us on our Patreon or pardonmystash.com for more content. In the meantime, stay tuned for more laughs, tears, and Batman at Pardon My Stash. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.